Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Thank you for sticking with me on yesterday's construction event. It is quieter today, thank God. You know, sometimes in life, you don't appreciate things until it gets taken from you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate being able to talk to you this morning without the sound as if the roof is going to collapse on me. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for tuning in. First of all, I want to give a special thank. Thank you to my friend Mark Gustakov. Mark and I went to Israel together. Mark was, thank you for watching the show. Yesterday I came home and I saw a package on my doorstep from Mark. And here's what it was. It was a hat. If you can see it, for those who are only listening audio, it is a hat with a big zeal on it, which I love. This became my new favorite hat. So thank you, Mark, for the swag. One day, Andy and I are going to sit down and do some swag together, which everyone will think is insane except for us. Zeal and honor and be do and all that other fun stuff that we say here that when tell other someone else, they're like, what are you talking about? We'll have our own swag, coffee cups, whatever. I don't know. My dreams. I'm speaking about honor. This idea of humility and what it is and what it's not. Yesterday, for those who were able to listen past all the noise, we started speaking about inside out versus outside in. How when we look at the world from the sense of our accomplishments and need the world to make us feel like we are accomplished, we are inherently limiting ourselves. And what happens is we lose sight of the source of our accomplishments and we focus on the impact of our accomplishments. This is a major misconception that will leave us always feeling unsatisfied, right? Let's, let's delve in a little bit with God's help. If you, if we measure our accomplishments and we focus our accomplishments, our actions, let's say on our accomplishments, if we put our minds to valuing our actions based on our accomplishments, based on the results of our actions, we end up valuing what we do based on its impact. And its impact is almost always contingent on things outside us. So we end up valuing what we do by things that are outside us, out of our control. So the speech that I spoke about yesterday about the rabbi who got up is really valuable based on how many people heard it. If I do, you do a video and two people see it, it's less valuable than 2 million people see it. Let's assume it's the same video. If someone walks up to the teacher and says, you changed my life. And that teacher is, her teaching was much better or much more valuable than a teacher that never had that. If we work and end up making X amount of dollars it's much more valuable than if we make less, right? We measure, we value the things that I do based on the impact that it has on other people. 
Now, what happens then is we need other people in order to, for us to feel valuable. Now, let's take it one step further. Once I look outside myself to find the value in what I do, in a way, I give more credit to my actions. I give, I'm more vulnerable, if you will. I'm more at risk. So if I do a video and few people see it or like it, I now have placed myself in a state of vulnerability and I need the world to tell me how good I am. I need the world to tell me that I'm making the impact. I need the child to give me the respect or the appreciation to feel like I'm a good parent. I need the bonus to show that I'm a good employee. I need the toys in order to feel like I'm accomplishing what I want financially, right? If you can picture it, as I look outside to value my action, I need outside more and more and more and more. So if you can picture when my brain starts valuing what I do, it begins in my actions and it ends in my accomplishments. So my actions really are the beginning of what I'm looking at. And then that's why you hear words that like words are cheap. You hear these maxims, words are cheap. It's the action that counts. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Do you hear what I'm saying? This, this, this physical way of seeing the world places the value on what we do in the beginning and then what, it, what we have at the end. And in that state, it's very vulnerable. Your self-worth at 16 could be not what you wear, but what your friends think of what you wear. Your self-worth at, you know, 20s could be not what you do, but what your community thinks of what you do. So if you're living a physical lifestyle in your mind, a, a physical mental lifestyle, if, you're, if, if we live from a physical or, or materialistic perspective, the domain of what matters to us begins in our actions and ends in our impact. And that's where we play. Actions to impact. And it's a very dangerous road. Because there's a lot of things that we do that, ha that don't have the impact that we want. And there's some people that should give us the, the response and the respect and don't because of issues that they have. You know, I remember when my kids first... Um, when in, you know, April, May, whenever COVID first hit and my kids were on zoom with their classrooms, like, gosh, my son's teacher, like God bless him and God bless her. I mean, like they're trying their hardest. I mean, like 10 year old kids. I don't know if you're a teacher of 10 year old kids, but holy mackerel, that's such a significant job. Elementary school teachers, man, I have new respect for elementary school teachers. Holy cow, what I what I listened to for six, eight minutes, just when the my poor the poor teacher was trying to do a roll call. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And, and he was like, no, I'll get I'm in alphabetical order. But I just want to tell you that I'm here. I'm like, I'll get you. I'm in alphabetical order. And like the um Mrs. So and so, can I put a background? Mrs. So and like you can't get I'm like, I personally was ready to take the computer be like, can everybody please stop talking? Yeah, third and fifth grade, my gosh. 
it's unbelievable. Like you must be heroes. But like, I can imagine a teacher looking at him being like, holy cow, like these kids can barely pay attention. Now, what this does is it begins to value who we are outside in. Having to doing to being outside in. And when you live in this space long enough, that inner soul that we all have starts to get covered. That inner essence of who we are starts to be covered by the protection that we need to ensure that we're not going to wake up every morning and make ourselves vulnerable. That's why kids go from being on fire to too cool. Why is it that you take a kid who's three and he bounces around and he's helping out and, you know, dad's banging on the, on the, the shed and the little three-year-old's got the little toy banging on the shed and they get dressed up and they have their friends over. You take a look, go look at three-year-olds and like, they're having the best time. Take that three-year-old and walk them through elementary school and make them 14 He's too cool. Why? Shouldn't he be more on fire? Shouldn't she be more? No. And the answer is, is because they don't know how to measure themselves. Their whole world is, is collapsing around them. Three-year-olds aren't aware of what they do and what they have. They're not aware of their actions or their impact. All they're aware of who they are. And it changes all the time. They're not cognizant of the world around them four, five, six, they're not really there yet. They sort of are. 13, 14, 50, 15, their whole life is have. And what they need is acceptance. And they're stuck into these little fishbowls based on who's their age. They don't get to choose their friends. They don't get to choose their environments. They don't get to choose their social acceptance rules. Those kids don't get to choose whether their group is going to care more about academics or athletics or what you wear or how much you have. They get plopped into an environment that they're stuck in. And their whole life is have, have. They're trying to figure out impact. And for them, impact is just acceptance. So their B is outside in. So they can't be vulnerable. Because what are they going to do if they're if they stick their neck out and they come to school wearing something that's not what everyone accepts? What are they going to do if they do things that no one likes? So all of a sudden, like everyone plays, you know, chess, I guess, and they all play chess, and everyone plays sports, and they all play sports, and all of a sudden you see somebody who's like super dramatic, but like thinks less of herself because in her school, like the math stu- students are the, considered the smartest. Or the kid's not so so athletic and thinks less of himself because in this place, all the cool kids play sports. All of a sudden, this world of doing and having is impacting who they are. So they have to create a cover, a protective shield that, that suffocates that inner infinite source that we've been talking about, the source of honor, that power. That is beyond anything, the infiniteness of who they are. They have to suffocate because they can't allow that to come out. Because what if it comes out and nobody respects it? What if it comes out and nobody thinks it's it's cool? So they become too cool, which basically means I don't want to be vulnerable. 
When you look at a high school kid who's too cool, what they're saying is, I don't know how to navigate in this world, and I don't want to take a risk of being vulnerable, so I'm going to condition my brain to think that everything isn't, I don't want to engage in anything really, because I could always play safe. And some people get over this, and some people don't. Some people are in there. Mid, they're middle aged. They're middle aged, and they're still playing the same two cool game. They're just their friends sort of like stepped up, and now like as opposed to being the fishbowl of their school, they're in the fishbowl of their communities or their jobs, and they're scared to be who they are because what if they don't get accepted by who they are, and they don't value what they do based on where it comes from. They value what they do based on what the world thinks of what they do. Now, all this is, is this incredible, in Hebrew, the world is called a klipa. It's a shell that surrounds the husk, that surrounds the fruit that we place upon ourselves. This is, in the, in the world of Jewish mysticism, this is sort of the game. Because everything is light and every human being is a soul. And everything has spirituality. But around all the light are husks, are shells. That that fruit's amazing. But you can't taste it because there's a peel around the orange. I don't care how delicious that orange is. You ain't getting in. That walnut could be amazing, but you're not getting in. And the shell that we place upon ourselves is the shell of acceptance that we need from other people. And when we live our minds and we place our eyes in the do-have category, really closer to have, as we, if you could almost picture like the continuum of be, do, have, who I am at my core, what I do and the impact Where you place your eyes on that spectrum is going to impact how you feel about yourself and about your actions. And for most of us that live in the material world, we place our eyes in the impact, what I have, what it's doing. And we judge our actions and ourselves based on the things that are impacting people. I judge my career based on the money that I make. I judge my ability as a parent or friend based on how many people like me. I judge the ability to say the right things based on the response. And as our eyes move all the way to the most material, to the most physical, I judge my brains based on the scores that I get on my tests, which is why if you ever look at the research of Carol Dweck in her book, um, Mindset, I think Carol's book was called Mindset. In her book, she speaks about the growth mindset, and she speaks about giving tests to two different types of young kids. Let's say they were second graders. And she gave them second grade tests, like problems to solve. And for half the group, she said, you're so smart. Impact, result, smart. Smart is the impact of, of your actions. You did enough, you scored high enough. And I am telling you you're smart. That is an impact. That is the world responding to your actions. That puts, puts those, those little eyes all the way at the end of that spectrum. And to some of the kids, she said, you work so hard. 
that's all the way at the middle of the spectrum of doing. But think of, this is research. It's insane. Two kids, two groups of kids, same test. She just changed their eyes to look at the impact or to look right in between being and doing. Then she gave them fifth grade problems, which were much harder than them, and they all failed. And then she said, would you want to have the first problems, the easier stuff, or the second problems, the harder stuff? And the kids who were told that they were smart, the impact, the results-oriented, they all wanted the easy stuff because they just wanted to get the impact. They didn't want to grow. They didn't want to challenge themselves. They just wanted that impact quick enough. You told me I'm wealthy. I got to keep my wealth up. I can't make money in the markets. Let me at least steal the money in a Ponzi scheme. You tell me I'm gorgeous. I got to keep that up. I'm getting older. Just stick needles in my face, whatever it's going to be. You told me that I'm doing great in the world and I don't know how to keep on doing great in the world. So let me cheat, steal, borrow, pretend, or lie. I can't afford this thing. So I can't, let me lease it. And, and, and at least 30 things and go into crazy debt, just that the world thinks. Because I was once feeling the impact of other people. I was once getting the attention of other people. I was once at the edge of having, and people were responding to me. And that felt like something. And I got to keep that feeling going. Because I live at the end of this have continuum. And now that I don't have it anymore, my actions aren't producing that much money, I got to fake it. I got to pretend it. I got to draw it from you. I once felt like I was important. And now I stepped up into the next category. No one has told me I'm important later. So I got to draw it in. I got to drag it in. Tell me I'm great. Oh oh my God. I can tell you a story. I spoke to somebody and she told me that like, you've changed my life. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I haven't, please. And she said, you changed my life. I'm like, no, please. Can you imagine that? So-and-so said I changed my life. And the person listening going like, you must have changed their lives. And the guy's like, oh yeah, of course. I'm drawing it in. I'm drawing it in. I have to draw it in because I, I need it. Because my B isn't my, where my focus is. It's my impact. I don't mean impact like I'm trying to change the world impact. Impact, I mean, this is what it feels like to be the end of my, the product of my labor. And when my impact is my number one focus, And I don't feel like I'm getting it because you can't because it's physical and you're spiritual. Then I have to figure out a way to make myself feel more important than I really feel. And so as a result, I have to focus other people on me. Or I have to focus on building me up. Or I have to protect my own fragileness. I have to demand respect. I have to be makbid. Makbid is like, I have to be exacting on my honor. I get upset when somebody doesn't give me the proper respect because that means that the impact isn't right. And I can't even deal with that. All right, we're going to build this. There's a lot more to talk about this. But we're going to build this with God's help. You see, that's called outside in. I get my sustenance, my emotional sustenance by what the world tells me every day. I've addicted myself to being liked on social media that if I don't get as liked, I feel less of myself. 
I've addicted myself to being told how fill in the blank I am by others that if I don't get that same level of, of respect or feedback from the group, I feel less of myself. Now, if it's flowing and flowing and flowing, I can't tell. But once the waters go down and I feel less, that's when the truth comes out. That's when I feel like I have to go out and get it because I'm so used to, or I so need, or I so value somebody else's feedback for me that if I don't get it, I feel lacking. Arrogance. Arrogance isn't like we're bad people. Arrogance isn't bad. Arrogance is insecure. The most arrogant people you know are just insecure. I don't care how big and tough they look. It's insecurity. And it's insecurity because their eyes are focused on the wrong thing. When your eyes focus on the impact, then you need the world always to tell you how great you are. That's a really insecure place because the world doesn't care about you. The world cares about itself. And when our eyes are focused on the impact and what people say of us, we are walking on shaky ground. We are insecure. And then our brain adapts to fill the insecurity by bringing as much as we can in. And that focus is what we call arrogant. Okay. We'll continue with God's help. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the quieter background today. Think about this today. We will all suffer from this. Unless you are fully evolved, every one of us, me and you, have this in our head, in our heads. And when we f- focus on the core of it, we're able to be the person that we're meant to be. Okay, have a great day. And with God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow.